Welcome to the December 17th edition of the Fantasyland Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shorten. I think I said this on the last podcast, but thank you very, very much to everyone who has subscribed and everyone who listens. Your support really does mean quite a lot. I initially had a goal of 50 followers by December 22nd. That goal then lifted to 60. Currently, I'm at 62. So I might as well go for 75 and try and stretch it out a bit before we uh, before we tip off next week. So once again, if you're listening for the first time, please click the subscribe and follow button. Also, realistically, this is probably going to be the last podcast before the season kicks off. So I wanted to throw the question out to you guys. I plan on changing my schedule around a little bit and doing one on so like the Sunday night for the week prior. Uh, sorry, for the week to come. And on that, I'm going to be looking at the matchups for, for the week coming, the upcoming schedule, what teams to stream and players from those teams to stream, the best players on the waiver wire, so based on percentage of ownership, as well as some injury updates. If there's anything else you guys want, please do hit me up on the socials. Absolutely keen to explore everything. The podcast is for the fantasy basketball community. So if there's something that you guys want, hey, I'm happy to do the research, happy to to get it across to you guys. So yeah, do let me know. For today's podcast, I wanted to, to run through some of the players gaining some hype in the preseason. And I also wanted to, to touch on some players who maybe have dropped off the radar a little bit for the upcoming drafts and for the last couple of drafts. Um, also, maybe some people sitting on your waiver wire as well if you've already done yours. What I would like to start off by saying is that for your kind of your bona fide superstars, the preseason doesn't really mean too much. What it is more about is those guys coming off injuries, the rookies, what their role looks like, as well as the fringe guys to look out for. I personally like to look at it as this is my list of sleepers. These are the guys who I want to target towards my middle and later rounds in the draft. What do they look like? What sort of usage are they getting? What sort of scoring opportunities are they getting? Is the coach trusting them to run plays? So that's what I like to look at when it comes to my preseason or summer league games. Let's kick it off with one of the guys coming off injury. Let's talk Kevin Durant. So I think he looked awesome. I think he looked every bit as great as we should expect him to be. Obviously, the biggest concern was his agility and his explosiveness, but he looked really good. I personally am not an expert in the area of injuries or re-injury. Uh, I did ask a, a couple of physios that I know to to get me some more insight as to the re-injury risk, and they've pretty much assured me that the chances of him doing his Achilles again are effectively the same as a player who has never done it before. So the re-injury risk for his Achilles is very, very minimal. But you know, having said that, I probably just jinxed him and he'll go out and do it, but I love... KD, I think this year, if you can put up with the random rest days and, and a couple of minute restrictions, then I think he's going to be a weapon. If you can get him, you know, towards the end of your first round, and even if he does put out, you know, 10, 20 percent down on what his career numbers are going to be, I think you're laughing. I think he's going to come out and have a bit of a point to prove to show that he can lead a team and that he doesn't have to play with Steph Curry to win a championship. So I'm definitely putting him up a few notches on my draft board. Zion Williamson, as expected in his limited hit out, he was pretty great on the offensive end. 26 points, 11 boards from 33 minutes. That was pretty much it though. The minutes were awesome to see. And if he averages somewhere in the low 30s, I think he'll produce really nicely. But I've mentioned it a couple of times before. 
the defensive stats are an absolute concern. Yes, he's going to have games where he goes for three boards and three steals, but overall, having the consistent games of one and two and pulling out those monster numbers across the length of a season like he did in college, I'm concerned. I think that his current ADP on ESPN, you're sitting at like 22.7 or 23. And I think that's way, way, way too rich for somebody who is right now a very one-dimensional player. He's going to get you good points. He's going to get you good boards. He's going to get you some really good field goal numbers. How he went, I think, 9 of 10, the free throw line is surprising. That's not going to be sustainable. His threes aren't going to be there. He's not really a playmaker, so I don't see his assists going up. And then it's going to come down to the defensive stats. If you think that he's going to prove me wrong and he's going to have 1.5 or 2 as an average throughout the year, go ahead and grab him. But my concern is that he's going to flirt around that 1 or even a little bit under 1 for both the or for each of the steals and the block numbers this year. Taylor Horton Tucker and Kyle Kuzma for the Lakers. I think both have played really, really well through the preseason games, but for the actual season, I think their value is all tied up around LeBron James and AD. If you think that those two guys are going to sit a lot, maybe grab Horton Tucker and Kuzma at the end of your draft. If you think that AD and James are going to play, then obviously anybody else really around those guys are going to have very, very limited value, even somebody like Dennis Schroeder. The one that I'd prioritize is Kyle Kuzma. I think if either James or AD sit, he's the first guy off the bench. He'll move into a starting role, and he generally produces some pretty nice games out of that. So in terms of handcuffs for AD, I'd be grabbing Kuzma. For LeBron, yeah, again, I'd probably be grabbing Kuzma. Shake Milton for the 76ers. Put this guy on your sleeper list. If he's already on there, move him up a little bit. Like He is going to be really, really good. I'm going to be getting him as a late-round flyer every single place that I can get him. Doc Rivers is absolutely enamored by his work ethic and his ability to control the offense with the ball in hand. And by the sounds of things, it's going to be a very Lou Williams-esque type of a role for Milton. But there is value there. He's got Simmons obviously playing in front of him. And then he's only got three-point shooters. Yeah, your Seth Currys and your Danny Greens. And Milton is realistically the next playmaker on that side behind Simmons. So if there's a Simmons injury, Milton stands to get a lot more minutes and a lot more usage. Even if those guys, even if Simmons is healthy, Milton is still going to be there. John Wall. So Wall, I think he's had three hitouts now, averaging about 16 and five off 23 minutes a game. And I really like those numbers. I think that they are really, really promising. But the more promising thing to me is the eye test. So watching, I haven't watched every single minute that he's played, but the ones that I have seen, he looks quick and he hasn't shown any hesitation in attacking the ring, which is what you love to see from John Wall. Yes, he will be on a minute restriction, but I kind of think that that stands to help him a little bit. Would I prefer him play 22, 23, 25 minutes a game and stay healthy or play 32 minutes and run the risk of getting sore and getting injured. Obviously, I want him out there for as many games as I can as opposed to as many minutes as I can. So I'll take the 25 and if you can get him in the middle to late rounds, I'm inclined to take a shot on him. Similar to John Wall, I really like the look of Boogie Cousins. The biggest thing here is obviously health. He's coming off two 
really substantial injuries and he looks fit. He looks like he's dropped quite a number of kilos, but I don't know. I don't expect Boogie to start, nor do I expect us to see him completely unleashed as we have had previously. But if you can get him at the end of your draft, absolutely grab him. Why not take the risk? We know what his upside is. And if he gets injured or he's not playing the way that you, you were expecting him to, you can just drop him. Bam Adebayo, small sample size, but he had eight assists in 19 minutes in, in his one game. Yes, that was without a lot of the ball handlers. What it does go to show is the trust that Eric Spolstra has in Bam's playmaking ability. I think this year is going to be another big, big leap for him. I think that if he can get his free throws good, then you're looking at a top 10 guy. He's going to be around the 20 points. He's going to be at 10 rebounds. He could very well be six or seven assists per game. And the defensive stats are going to be there because he's athletic and he can defend. So if you're at the pointy end of of the first round, if you're at that turn, absolutely take a look at Bam because Miami love him. Finally, I've got Markel Fultz. So I am running the risk of overinflating this guy. and I'm running the risk of, if it doesn't pan out, um, stuffing up a few people's drafts, so apologies. But Steve Clifford last season said that Markel Fultz was turning into an obvious starter at the point guard for not only Orlando, but for a lot of NBA teams. They then offloaded DJ Augustine, and now Clifford's come out and spoken about how good his jump shot looks, how it looks back to what it was whenever he was playing in college before he had the shoulder surgery. And yes, he is going to be a later round guy, but if you can get him at the 90 to 100 mark, then absolutely get him because I think that he could definitely have a 16 and 7 season with one 1.5 steals. And at that point, I mean, that is money for jam. Now, onto a couple of guys that I'm concerned about. So, Mitchell Robinson is probably the first one. And I had him in a couple of leagues last year and he burnt me. So, I was, you know, coaching change. They offloaded a number of players. And I was thinking, yeah, Mitchell Robinson, he's going to be the starter. He's a clear starter. There's no one else there. But the more that the preseason goes on, the more reports that I'm reading, the more games that I'm seeing, I think he's going to come off the bench behind Nerlens Noel. Tibbs is notorious for being a very defensive-minded coach. Fine. But he also loves his veterans. Noel is a great, reliable defender who doesn't get in that much foul trouble. Robinson, he loves getting in foul trouble. He loves chasing his stats and he loves going up for silly blocks and fouling his player, which means that, I mean, if there is a category for average fouls, Robinson's probably a top 10 guy, but there isn't. And I think that he's only going to frustrate owners. Personally, I did have Robinson on my list as somebody to target in the middle rounds, but I'm going to be putting him back a number of rounds because the concern for me is that, yes, he may get some solid minutes, but... He's going to be coming off the bench. He is going to be coming behind a very well-known and reliable guy. On the flip side of that, Nerlens Noel, he's gone up in my books. He, at his prime, is a 1.7, 1.8 steals and the same in blocks sort of guy. He's not going to get you anything on the offensive end. He's not that sort of a player, but those sort of stats are great. So, If you're like me and you're not sure about Robinson, make sure that you've got Noel as well. The other player I am very, very concerned about is DeLon Wright. I 
probably only two or three podcasts ago, was bigging him up quite a bit. And I thought, you know, he was disappointing last year. He was disappointing the year before that. But there were signs of life. There were signs of us getting the fantasy player that we want to get out of DeLon, right? And I thought, Detroit, this is his year. But my suspicion is that he's going to be just as frustrating as ever. He hasn't really shown too much in the preseason. And yes, again, limited sample size. But there is a lot of wings in Detroit. And they are a pretty poor team. So yes, DeLon is going to start at the two. At least I think he's going to start at the two. But if he doesn't perform well from the get-go... I think he's going to lose that role and he could lose that role very quickly. Finally, the last player I'm concerned about is Victor Oladipo. He has gone from someone who has been an incredible first or second round guy a couple of years back. Obviously, injuries have really, really hampered him. And the only other player to have the sort of injury that he had was Tony Parker. And Tony Parker said that it's not too dissimilar to coming off an Achilles injury, which We know how bad they are for NBA players, especially somebody like Oladipo who relies really heavily on his explosiveness. He's gone for a combined four of 17 shooting from his two games with just three assists and three steals. And yeah, he's had four turnovers as well. So do I think that the shot will come back? Yeah, I think it probably will. I don't know if he's going to get to 50% like he has in the past, but I think four of 17 is, is not great. And the only way is up from there. But the the biggest concern is the explosiveness. Without that, I do think he's going to struggle to pick off passes. I do think that he's going to struggle to get some open looks. And I do think that he's probably going to struggle to get to the heights that we really want to see out of Oladipo. So if he doesn't hit the steals, more importantly, then his value is kind of nowhere. So that's kind of the, the guys that have touched on. Undoubtedly, there's going to be people that I've missed. Like I wanted to talk about Sabonis. I wanted to talk about Drew Holiday and how he wasn't so great in his first outing, but I can't speak about everybody. Uh, And as I'm recording, obviously, there's games being played as well, so I'm sure I'm going to miss them too. But what I would say is that if you have some sleepers, make sure you're looking at what the team is doing with those guys, what sort of role are they playing. And if you're liking what you see, keep them on the list. If you are a bit concerned, maybe put them down and prioritize some people above that. Also mentioned at the start, this is going to be the last podcast before Christmas. So again, I want to thank every single person listening for their support. I wish you and your families a very safe and very Merry Christmas. And I'll be back after the season has started with a weekly edition to see you through each week. If you have anything you want to see in the weekly podcast, again, hit me up on Twitter at Mark Fantasyland or drop me an email to fantasylandbasketball at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe.